my dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Mark Moss Show. And we are, of course, talking about Bitcoin. We're talking about cryptocurrencies and this decentralized revolution that is happening right now. As I like to say, this is the biggest opportunity that you'll ever see in your life. And it's literally going to change the world as we see it. And so make sure you tune in each and every week. Make a note of this time, this channel, and get back here so you do not miss out. I try to explain to you what's going on and most importantly, why you should care. You know, it's important to, to understand this. So you can take advantage of this opportunity. Otherwise, um, if you don't understand, you get shaken out, like as we call them, the, the weak hands, the paper hands that don't really understand what's at stake, what we're doing here. So um, this week, I have a, a good friend actually sitting in the studio with me. I got Alex Fetsky. What's up, Alex? What's up, man? I, um, I can look you in the eye now. This is, this is, this is great. Yeah, man. Uh, this is uh, this is great. I love doing them in in uh, in person. And actually, uh, you're back. At, you were the first guest for the first episode that I did about uh, six weeks ago, I think. So, 
Has uh, it been that long? Get I think, out of here. I think it's been. I think it's been about six weeks. I think it was like Octo- first week of October. Where did, where did the last six weeks go, man? Honestly. Well, well we've both both been working so dang hard trying to save the world, right? Dude, I have no idea where the time has gone. So Alex is uh, Alex is a good friend. He's from Australia, but he's been on the run because Australia was locked down, and he was out of the country, and he hasn't been back. So he's living this digital nomad life, um, and working on a, building a project on on Bitcoin. Amber, it's a, a new app that's going to revolutionize the way people uh, spend money online. We'll say that much. Um, I think it's pretty cool. How is how is uh, how is living a nomad life and trying to run a Bitcoin company at the same time? It's um, it's actually I'm gonna answer it this way. So I'm I'm traveling with my girlfriend at the moment, and it's really, it's insane how far gone the world is at the moment because it's like every time we part, for example, we're, we're not sure if we're ever gonna see each other again. Mm, scary. Um, and and it's 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 so insane. Like I I, I think about it now. It's like the first time I we you know we we met in Costa Rica six months ago whatever it was so then, then i left to come into the u.s and i had no idea what was going to happen it's like you know yeah. they, they weren't letting people across the land borders or this restriction that restriction essential travel non-essential travel like you, you can't make heads or tails of anything um and you know we, we had that experience you know coming across and then later it was from from salvador back into the u.s and then recently from um dominican republic as well so it's just like it, it's absolutely insane where, I mean, the, the, the government has managed to take something that used to be an enjoyable process, travel, yeah. and literally decimate it. It's yeah. the most ugly, nerve-wracking, anxiety-creating uh, huh. process on the planet. Now, layer that with um, we're trying to run a business. I mean, luckily, luckily, thank Christ, like, you know, what we're doing as a Bitcoin company is digital in nature. So, ha- Let's say I get stuck in Mexico or Costa Rica or wherever, I can still work there. So long as I've as so long as I have internet, you know, we can still run a business and right. grow it. But it's just the answer. You you actually can't make plans. Like human beings need to be able to make plans in order to make the future better. Yeah, and you need to be able to execute on the plan. At the moment, <laughs> long you term, can't make a plan. Yeah, you have to have long term perspective. Yeah, you have, to, you, you have to have it. So, uh, yeah, anyway, that's we're, we're, we're sitting here recording right now, by the way, you're listening to the Mark Moss show. We're talking about Bitcoin and, um, I'm actually recording from Miami, Florida, not my home. Um, and we're sitting here in a hotel suite with all the equipment on the, on the, on the, on the, on the countertop, which is pretty cool, but I'm having a live event, the market disruptors live.com event happening here. And, um, you know, my business manager's like, no, we need to do it next, next year. We don't have enough time to get this planned. And, uh, cause I, we kind of put it together in like less than 90 days mm-hmm. and I'm like, I don't know if we can have it next year. Yeah, yeah. I don't know where we'll even have it. Like the world is changing that fast. And uh, just like you, like um, nothing good comes quick. You have to have long-term planning. <laughs> like, well, just to your point, you said um, the world is changing so fast. I-, I would say traditionally that's a good thing. Like the world changing and adapting and transforming and evolving is good. Right. At the moment, it's not changing. So, so maybe what we can say is that it's not progressing anymore. The world's not progressing. Like I, I would argue that things are getting worse every month or every quarter, every year. Like there is complete uncertainty and an inability to make a plan more than three months out at the moment. Yeah. You have no idea what moronic idea the next politician who wants to make a name for himself is going to come up with when he rolls out of bed. And um, and you don't know what impact that's going to have on your business, your family, your, your real estate, your house, your money, your bank account. 
Uncertainty across the board. It's it's Un- madness. Uncertainty. So I was writing a bunch of copy on the plane over here this morning from Puerto Rico, and I was writing about uncertainty. And so um, with uncertainty, you know, we don't know exactly how things are going to unfold. And I was saying how um, with uncertainty, the way to beat uncertainty is to have more options, optionality. Correct. And so we have to have more options. I guess that's one way. Um, how do you think about that? Well, so so I look at um, t- Tony Robbins has a really great framework for understanding human needs, right? And he, he breaks it up into certainty, uncertainty, significance, love, then growth and contribution. And, and each are kind of like um, part of a, they're, they're polar on their spectrum, right? So uncertainty is the opposite of certainty. Now, you need to meet all needs in some way, shape or form, right? Now, most people, you know, they, they, they gravitate towards, you know, particular needs and most people find themselves in the certainty and significance uh, needs but they find you know really poor vehicles to meet those etc etc but uncertainty is an interesting one because a lot of people avoid uncertainty and they never sort of meet that they end up you know living quite drab lives you know that are just sort of monotonous and they, they feel comfortable because their desire for certainty is so much greater than uncertainty and your point about optionalities th- that is a vehicle for um, managing uncertainty. Now, we all need to meet uncertainty in some way, shape, or form. And being able to um, to live in an uncertain um, in an uncertain environment and still be internally certain is actually a rare skill and a very important skill. But in a world in which absolutely everything is uncertain, it's like it's it's kind of like running on top of quicksand. Like, and you know, there's a there's a there's a diminishing level of options. Like I, I've become very comfortable with being uncertain. I haven't had a home base for over two years now. Wow. Um, I'm, you know, I, I live out of a suitcase. I'm super, super light. Um, I have optionality in the fact that I can basically go everywhere. Um, I have, um, you know, let, let's call it uh, paperwork that allows me to travel in, you know, all yeah. sorts of places. And, um, and I've created as much optionality as I can and as much lightness. So I'm not carrying lots of baggage metaphorically and literally speaking. But again, it's, you know, it's a gift in some senses and it's taught me a very valuable skill, at least for what I think will be really important over the coming five, 10 years. But I'm not, um, despite me having managed to cope and thrive in this scenario, it's not a nice way to live. Yeah. It's well, because you can't, you can't, you can't plan, you know, yeah. you think about, I, I was uh, in, in what I was writing today, I was saying it's uh, probably, probably not that much different than, um, you know, war torn countries, you know, people in Syria or even recently in Afghanistan, like grab what you can and hop on a plane. And like, I don't know where I'm going. And like, there's like no certainty. Those people, they can't plan for the future. Um, so you're listening to the Mark Moss show. We're talking about uh, Bitcoin. We're talking about this decentralized revolution that's happening. Uh, I'd like to talk about how Bitcoin fixes this. Uh, Bitcoin fixes it. Bit- Bitcoin uh, gives us certainty in an uncertain world, maybe. Um, I think uh, maybe somehow Bitcoin can fix not only that, give us some certainty back, but also could fix um, some of these root causes that's causing the uncertainty at the same time. So that's going to be an interesting conversation. Uh, so I want to talk about that. And then I also want to talk about... Um, this this guy that's been making quite a bit of noise for some reason people are spreading around twitter i don't know why um but but he he's basically saying that crypto is an attack on the dollar 
Um, it's an ideological driven attack on the legitimacy of fiat currency. It's funny he calls fiat currency legitimate. Um, and, and then he said, uh, and, and an attack on the financial system. Um, and so I want to talk about that when we get back. He said it, he said it's a sequel to the January 6th attack. Um, I think this guy's a little bit off his rocker. But we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about how Bitcoin fixes this. We're going to talk about how it gives us more certainty in an uncertain world. And we'll be right back. All right, welcome back. You are listening to The Mark Moss Show, and we are talking about Bitcoin. We're talking about the cryptocurrency movement, the decentralized revolution that's happening right now. I'm in the studio um, right now sitting down with my good friend Alex Fetsky. He's back again in the studio. I love sitting down with Alex because he has, uh, man, you're, you're one of the... You're one of the deepest thinkers that I know. You're very thoughtful, even as you're talking. I can tell like you're you're deliberating over your words. It's it's pretty cool. I I remember the first time I remember I told you reading one of your original writings in the Bitcoin Times or whatever, and it was cool. And then uh then I, the first time I listened to you talking to Peter McCormick, and you're like starting from the base, building up. It was uh, it was amazing. Um, but getting back to kind of where we were talking about um, before the break, talking about Bitcoin and and how Bitcoin fixes things. And we we're talking about this crazy world that we're in where uh, we have all this uncertainty being forced upon us. Everything's being forced upon us right now. Um, you've created some optionality by being mobile and things like that, but it causes problems because now you're not planning. But so uh, how does Bitcoin fix that? Yeah, so I, I think let's think of it about across two dimensions. So number one is at the moment, and I'm writing an article on this is how like Bitcoin is therapy or buying Bitcoin is therapy. It's like it, it's this anchor of truth or it's almost like a pulse or a heartbeat that is consistent. A, a, a Bitcoin block is mined on average every 10 minutes, irrespective of what happens on the planet. You know, this politician says that this idiot does that. This person does that. No one actually cares. Like, or sorry, whilst everyone may care. Bitcoin doesn't care. It's right. just this kind of this heartbeat. It's just code. Exactly. But but it's it's more than just code. It's 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 literally a heartbeat in turn like I, I like to think of Bitcoin as a time chain, not a blockchain. And Satoshi used those words originally, well before he used the word blockchain. But if we think about Bitcoin as this kind of this this pulse that is exists and it doesn't matter what happens in the world, we always have a pulse or this anchor to to come back to. Um it's it's almost like a it's like a tether to sanity, right? You know, the, there's Carl Jung used to discuss this as well. He said that um, the reason why a lot of people, when they started studying psychology and mess with psychedelics, and um, you know, decided to do past life regressions and everything, if they didn't have an anchor or a tether back to reality, they would go off the deep end. And that was Jung's theory about why Nietzsche went off the deep end. Um, which is quite an interesting um, analog to, to Bitcoin at the moment. It's like we, everyone is lacking an anchor. Everyone is lacking a tether to something real and something mm. that is always there, irrespective of the madness that's happening. And for, for I think this is why I feel sorry for people who haven't discovered Bitcoin yet. It's like, you know, everything has become relative. We, we're living in the nightmare of a relative utopian dystopia where nothing, everything is meaningless um, and everything is different every single day. And that drives humans crazy. Like yeah. we need to have some sort of certainty. You need to know that the ground's going to be there before yeah. you start walking. And Bitcoin for us, I think, is that tether to to some sort of reality that is just pulsing in the background and it exists. It's yeah. like the background noise of the universe almost. Every 10 minutes. Every 10 minutes. Every 10 minutes, another it's block happens. Exactly. So it's alive. Yeah. So, so that's one dimension. Yeah. The other dimension is how Bitcoin starts to reintroduce certainty into the world by fixing the money, right? So, so that's the one that more people talk about, I think, yeah. and that more people are familiar with is 
when you have a sound money that is fixed in supply, that is incorruptible, where the, where the rules are fixed, so we're all playing by the same rules, we can actually have an effective game. We can plan long-term. We can do things because we know that there's no debasement of the money. We know that someone's not going to co-opt it and control it while you and I are working. The other person gets to push a button and make <laughs> yeah. more money than we'll ever make no matter what we do with our lives. Right. Like that, that unfairness of the game is removed. So, so that's sort of like the second dimension of what Bitcoin um, does. So, so it's like today, it's like a, it's a, it's a tether to to sanity that allows us to realize that hey, you know, there is some truth here. There's something you know, there. And then long term, it it helps transform the incentives via which humanity operates, so that we can start to bring some certainty back into our lives again, um, as opposed to the madness at the moment. I think about uh, when you were saying that, I was thinking about um, you know everything everything kind of breaks down to like economics and then like uh, time being the most scarce thing. But I was thinking about like Mises talks about like um, in economics, there is no constant because you're always measuring one thing against another and those things are always changing. But then all of a sudden Bitcoin is like a constant, like it's not changing because the supply of oil is changing. The supply of gold is changing, right? So whatever you're using to measure is always getting more, less, easier, more, whatever, but Bitcoin's not. Yeah, in a way, but I think the maybe the constant, and I don't think Austrian economists talked about this a lot, but the constant that they kind of used, I think, was time as like this thing that it's like we're all bound by that constraint. So maybe they didn't talk about it as a constant. Maybe they talk about it more as a constraint. Okay. And it's an equal constraint across all of us. Like, I mean, you got 24 hours. I got but 24 I just look, hours. So I mean, yeah, else. so that's the one thing that we always yeah. have, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I guess I hadn't thought about it like that. So, um, so back to how does it fix it? So then, uh, over a long enough period of time, it puts right now, this is all being driven by policy, mm -hmm. right? All this uncertainty in the world, whether you can travel in and out of a country or whether you can fly on a plane or whether you can open your business or whether you can have that job is all based off of man's policy. And so I guess over a long enough period of time, it creates like a constraint that then, um, basically doesn't allow these politicians to have unlimited power to do that? Well, the idea is that it reintroduces consequence to decision-making. Mm. So what's lacking at the moment is I can create a policy, and even if the policy is the dumbest policy on the planet and it burns a bunch of money and destroys a bunch of businesses and everything, and the, the scorecard, which is our economy, starts to look bad, then what I do is I just go print some more money, top up the scorecard, make it look better, mm -hmm. and lie myself out of realizing that there's a problem right and bitcoin removes that capacity because you just can't print it you can't borrow from the future you can't just randomly tax it but like by reintroducing consequence what ends up happening is we have to make better policies and make better decisions on our path to organizing ourselves as humans because that's what governing is yeah. right it's an organizational process and Imagine at the moment, that. we're organizing ourselves blind, yeah. like literally blind. And then when it doesn't work, instead of actually fixing our behavior, we just lie to ourselves a little bit more and pretend it's all okay. Yeah. It's like flying a plane by removing the altimeter. And it's like the plane's telling you you're crashing. <laughs> and you're like, I have an idea. I'll remove the altimeter. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'll pull it out. Yeah, I mean, I guess when you have no um, consequences, uh, there's, no, there's no feedback loop. Exactly. Uh, there, there is, I mean, we can see it, but the consequences aren't enough, uh, aren't severe enough that causes them to force, you know, change, of um, course. So obviously, um, the inflation rate, you know, CPI was, you know, over 6%. It's obviously way higher than that. Supply chains are breaking down. I mean, we're seeing the consequences, but then they're just gaslighting us. Well, and the thing is, they're saying the consequence is something else. They're like, oh, 
it's because you haven't been vaccinated. It's because you are, you know, yeah. adding to um, to global warming. Well, they it's said, like, they said uh, in, my, in my previous show, I was saying, uh, they're, they're saying the inflation is caused because of supply chains are breaking down. It's a, it, well, it is, it's a logistical problem. And, and I said, that's true. It is a logistical problem, but what is causing the logistical problem? <laughs> so it's like, you have to go another layer back beyond that. Um, and that, and so then they're just, they're, they're gaslighting. And then, and then they said, uh, well, Americans just are buying too much stuff online. They need to change their buying habits, right? And they're always shifting the blame. Um, it's always your fault. By the way, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show, and uh, I'm joined in the studio by my good friend, um, Alex Fetsky. You can find him on Twitter at Ghost of Fetsky. He's the ghost because uh, Twitter got him on his first one. Uh, of course, I'm one Mark Moss on Twitter. You can hit us up, send us a, send a, send us a message. Uh, we're talking about um, how we're living in this uncertain world and how we can get more certainty back. Um, and with more certainty, allows us to plan further into the future and allows us to build a bigger, better life for everybody. Um, and Bitcoin can do that. Bitcoin can fix that. When we come back, I'm going to talk about some of these comments that were going around um, saying that Bitcoin is an ideological driven attack on the legitimacy of fiat currency. We'll be right back with that. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com slash strategic. That's oracle.com slash strategic. oracle.com slash strategic. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be to be. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. 
Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Hey, welcome back. You are listening to The Mark Moss Show. We are talking about Bitcoin. Of course, that's what we're talking about. Always. We're talking about Bitcoin. We're talking about cryptocurrencies. We're talking about this decentralized revolution that's literally changing the entire world. Every facet, every area of the world is changing, and for the better, I should say, and for the better. Um, I'm in the studio sitting down face to face with my good friend Alex Fetsky. What's up, Alex? Good to have you here. What's up, buddy? Thank you for having me. We're in uh, we're in Miami. I'm getting ready for my first live event. I'm hosting here, MarketDisruptorsLive.com. Uh, Market Disruptors Live. Uh, Alex is going to be one of the speakers there. It should be pretty awesome. We're talking about Bitcoin. We were just talking about how um, we have this world of uncertainty right now and um, how Bitcoin could give us some certainty back. I liked what you said about um, we're in this ever-shifting world and up is down and left is right and boys are girls and who even knows anymore. Um, and so it, at least we have something that's like every 10 minutes there's that block. So that, that makes good sense. I want to shift gears a little bit um, and talk about uh, this guy that, I don't know, for some reason... He's like a TED TED Talk speaker. I don't know why. I don't know why people are are sharing his stuff all over the internet. It doesn't seem to be like anything big. But he said, uh, "I can't." I'm not even going to say his name, but uh, I can't stress this enough. The crypto attack on the dollar is not strictly a pump and dump or a grift. It's an ideological driven attack on the legitimacy legitimacy of fiat currency, the Federal Reserve, and the incumbent financial system. Okay, let's tease that apart. So, first of all, um, or, or do you want to finish? Well, the first, the first part. It's an attack on the. Uh, it's not um, the crypto attack on the dollar is not strictly a pump and dump or a grift. It's an ideological driven attack on the legitimacy of fiat currency and the fiat and the financial system. Okay. So, a pump and dump grift or an attack. Okay, so um, crypto is a pump and dump. Literally, fundamentally speaking, so so he's wrong about that. So let's let's find the nuance here. So he's absolutely wrong. Crypto is a pump and dump. Well, he said, it's, he it said it's not strictly a pump well, and dump. Well, he's partially right and partially wrong there. So crypto is strictly a pump and dump. Crypto is an industry that's been built around Bitcoin as a way for grifters to make money off sheep, lemmings, and you know people who want to get rich quick. Um, like that squid coin last week or two weeks ago. Squid coin. I'm seeing one <laughs> driving around called Floki. Literally, the, the, the sign says, missed out on Doge, come by Floki. <laughs> who, who listens to this? Yeah. I mean, but people listen to it. Yeah. Right? So, so crypto is fundamentally at the very core of it, the, ma- the biggest pump and dump on the planet. It has nothing to do with Bitcoin. Now, to, his, to, to the second piece of nuance, Bitcoin is fundamentally an attack an ideologically on, driven it, it is an ideologically driven attack like bitcoin is ideologically an attack an affront an incompatible um uh an incompatible monetary network with what existed before in the same way as the internet was an attack on uh the phone line 
um, and the way we communicated before. But in it, the same way as electricity and what Tesla built um, with the AC generator was an attack on candles. It, that, that's the attack. But is it really an attack, right? So I would say that the fiat money system or the, the legitimacy of fiat, I don't know how it's legitimate, but it's, it's fake, right? But uh, the fiat system is an attack on us. So it's an attack on us as savers. It steals our savings. Um, so it's an attack on us. Um, Bitcoin gives us an option out of that. It's a safety. So it's, I, I look at more as a defensive move um, as opposed to an attack. It seems like an, like an aggressive uh, um, offensive move. Yeah, but I mean, the best the best defense is always an attack. Sure. Um, so so fundamentally speaking, like when something is incompatible, and I mean, look look at what we are what we are espousing in and for and about Bitcoin is that we are incompatible with the old system. Like I, the the way I kind of describe it is, we've got this existing you know land that we're on here and this new one, and this old one, the existing one, is all burning down and it's you know it's 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 all broken. It's in tatters and everything's confusing. And it's kind of like that Rexona ad, you know, where everyone's jumping up and down, like falling out of cars and out of buildings and all sorts of crap. So whereas Bitcoin represents this kind of new promised land and, and they don't like, it's it's like oil and water. They don't mix. Yeah, They're, they're fundamentally incompatible. And ideologically speaking, um, Bitcoin is like, it says, look, I want nothing to do with the existing system. I want none of your your rules, your regulations, your 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 processes, your corruption, your right. any of that. So so and in our bid to sort of bring it to life, we are fundamentally making fun of the existing system. I mean everything we do we make fun of it. Like right. that's what we do. So so insofar as um that's an attack, he's right. Like we we are incompatible with with that and our very existence is a is you know is a is a finger to its existence. I guess it. I guess it. You know, as you said, right? The best defense could be offense or vice versa. I guess it. It is offensive and defensive. So it's it's defensive. So the 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 fiat money system is an attack on me as a saver, me as an earner. Mm-hmm. If I'm trading my time for money, but they can go print money for free, they're steal. They're putting me into slavery. So I'm Correct. defending myself against that. Um, but. When I pull my money out of that system as defense, I'm also defunding them. And if I mm-hmm. defund them, then that's an attack. Boom. I guess. Exactly. So um, I guess it's like you can't be in both systems at the same time. So moving Correct. to one is, t- is, is, is fundamentally is attacking the other. Fundamentally attacking the other. Yeah. Uh, I want to bring this piece up. This is um, from the International Monetary Fund. Mm-hmm. Which is uh, kind of a kind of kind of a central bank above central banks, if you will. This was written in uh, 2015. And uh, it says the liquidation of government debt It's a working paper. High public debt often produces the drama of default. Of course, if they have too much debt, they're going to default. Genius. But debt is also reduced through financial repression, which is a tax on bondholders and savers. So uh, it says uh, via negative or below market real interest rates. So it's a tax on savers because of inflation, and it's a tax on bondholders because they impose negative interest rates. Mm-hmm. So it says right here, this is their plan, financial repression, right? And it says, um, with capital controls and regulatory restrictions create a captive audience, a captive audience for government debt, including, or I'm sorry, limiting tax base erosion, uh, i.e. slavery. <laughs> Financial repression is most successful in liquidating debt when accompanied by inflation. They, they literally spell out, so, so that's like so two that's paragraphs an defining slavery. <laughs> yeah, 
It says it says trapped in the system, a captive audience for government debt. We <laughs> capital controls and regulatory restrictions created a captive audience <laughs> for government debt. <laughs> so who's the attacker? Yeah, well, this is um, this is why I think that didn't he have something else that he finished off? The yeah. So then he with? said. Um, well, he said it's an ideological, ideological driven attack on the legitimacy of fiat currency. So that's kind of funny, legitimacy. Um, well, but that's so, so this is actually where he's right is like it is an ideological, ideologically driven attack on the legitimacy of fiat because we are ideologically superior to fiat. So as a result, we attacked the inferiority and the illegitimacy of fiat, right? So we, we, we actually reveal the curtains. So, so we're actually like almost like. Um, What's the what's the movie The Wizard of Oz, right? We're pulling back the curtain. Yeah. And we're showing that it's it's not legitimate. And we're using the ideology of a Bitcoin standard and a fixed money supply that is incorruptible as the way we unveil the illegitimacy of the fiat thing. But anyway. Mm, yeah. And so then he went on and this is a part we'll dig into. He said mm -hmm. uh he said uh it is the sequel to the January 6th attack, the sequel. Um, so he's likening it to that, um, basically saying that it's, you know, it's a, it's left versus right. It's a political tool up in the, the traditional, you know, uh, political spectrum. I want to talk about that um, and see, see where that's, uh, where that fits. Is it, is it a right wing? Is it a left wing? Uh, is, if it attacks a system, does that make it political? We're going to talk about that in a minute. Um, when we get back, you're listening to the Mark Moss show. I'm in studio. I'm actually not in studio. I'm actually um, in a suite uh, <laughs> in Miami, Florida with my good friend, Alex Fetsky. We're sitting here together talking. Uh, you can find him on the ghost of Fetsky on Twitter. Of course, I'm one Mark Moss on Twitter. Um, hit us up, ask us a question. Um, we're going to come right back. We're going to talk. We're talking about um, is the dollar or I'm sorry, is Bitcoin uh, an ideological driven attack? Um, and is it January 6th attack? We were back. All right, welcome back. You are listening to The Mark Ma Show, and we are talking about, of course, Bitcoin. Each and every week, bringing to you the most up-to-date information. Um, I try to bring you the biggest news of the week, everything from what's going on with the price, what's going on with the technology, the network growth, what's going on with the development, uh, what new technology companies are coming up, and then even deeper things like trying to understand ideologically what Bitcoin is doing. There's so many ways to try to understand Bitcoin. I've been studying and writing and, and researching it for over seven years, and I'm still trying to figure it out. And so tune in each and every week so you can start to get all these different angles. It's uh, dynamic. It's multifaceted. I'm in the studio with my good friend, Alex Fetsky, and we're talking about um, Bitcoin being an ideological driven attack on the legitimacy of fiat currency. And so we talked about that before the break, but then there was a part we kind of broke off from, and he said it's a sequel to the January 6th attack. Um, I don't really know the context that he's talking about there, um, but he, it, it sounds like he's basically trying to call it... Um, I don't know. I don't know. What do, you, what do you think he's trying to say there? It's like a it's like a radical right wing movement or something. Yeah, he's trying to paint it with something. I mean, I, I laugh at it because call it terrorism or something. Yeah, exactly. So so they're gonna want. I mean, I've said for ages that they're gonna try to call Bitcoin as terrorists at some stage. So so he's kind of like the the attempt to start moving the Overton window in that direction, mm, right? Yeah. But um, I mean, for me, I laugh at it because I'm Australian and I don't even know what happened on January sixth, and I couldn't care less. Yeah. Um, but I mean. 
to me, I mean, even if I wasn't Australian, I don't think anyone should care less about what happened on some specific day that a bunch of people didn't like each other because of politics. Because, I mean, when has that, you know, not been the case? But I think where he, where this whole argument falls flat on its face is doesn't a sequel mean that um, it comes after? Yeah, it'd be the next one. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Bitcoin's been around for about no, 13 true. years. Yeah. What kind of a sequel starts 13 years before the January yeah. 6th? Like, what kind of an idiot says that? I'm sorry, but like, th th this is just sort of the level of brain damage that these people have. Let's talk about that piece for a second. So before earlier, a couple sec sections earlier, you were talking about how um, these people, they can just keep making these policies and they just blame it on something else. And uh, we, we're obviously at the at the end of a game. So when you play a game, whatever it may be, when I'm out of moves, I, ha I have no more moves, we have, we have to reset the game. Mm -hmm. And the financial system is out of moves. So the central banks have two tools, right? They can interest rates and, and money supply. Interest rates are at zero or negative. So that, that tool's gone. Money supply, we have $400 trillion of debt. That tool's kind of done. So it's like the system's broken. It's, it has to be reset. And we're starting to see this, uh, this narrative popping up, kind of what he's saying. And so we've seen um, Christine Lagarde say, innovation is a threat mm -hmm. to the financial um, stability. Um, we've seen Janet Yellen coming out and saying, you know, kind of the same thing. And so they're already saying like, hey, uh, this is going to destroy the financial system, which it is, but it's not <laughs> their fault. It's that we have a better option, right? Or how do you see that? Well, yeah. So, so first they, they, um, what they do is they actually, they're actually acknowledging the fact that they're out of moves, right? So, you know, Christine Lagarde acknowledges that innovation is, you know, moving forward and it's always going to happen and it's going to cause a problem to the existing system. This guy's acknowledging the fact that Bitcoin is an ideological attack. Um, you know, he kind of confuses himself because he hasn't done any thinking whatsoever on this, but, you know, he uses the word crypto, which is the pump and dump component. But Bitcoin is an ideological attack on the legitimacy of the fiat system, which exactly what it is. Um, so, so first they admit that, but in doing so, they then try and like create the Overton window or push the Overton window across to say that innovation and something like Bitcoin and changing the system is a, is a basically terrorism. Yeah. And that will be the blame that that will be what they use to blame for the unraveling of the broken Tower of Babel, House of Cards, you know, house built on quicksand yeah. that they've that they've created, and now the wind is coming, and the wind is the problem, Mark. Yeah. We must eliminate the wind because the wind <laughs> is the terrorism. Yeah, and 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 innovation is a threat, and it always is. It's called creative destruction. So whenever a new way is created, it destroys the old way. So cars were destruction of the buggy industry. Electricity was destruction of the candle industry, right? And so, um, but that's a good thing. Um, if it wasn't better, it wouldn't survive, mm -hmm. right? If, if if the old way was better, it would remain the, the way. But of course, the new way is better. Um, and so really, it's about a protecting their kind of monopoly that they have. But yeah, I mean, what do you think the, I mean, I'm pretty sure they're going to blame it on the on the destruction, right? When it, when it collapses. Um, and they try to get the public sentiment on their side. Mm -hmm, I mean, mm -hmm. what do you what do you think well, that looks like? Here's what's going to happen. This is, and I did. I said this at the Bitcoin 2021 conference. I said that the the line that'll separate free humans from slaves is going to be those who hold central bank digital currencies versus those who hold Bitcoin, mm -hmm. and the crypto, the entire crypto sphere, or the ones that are the leading cryptos, 
Cardano, whatever it's called, Cordano, whatever, the, however he um, pronounces it, uh, Ethereum or Solana or whatever it else is, they will partner with the central banks because the central banks are too incompetent to produce anything. Like they're, they're literally just blanket incompetent. Um, so they'll need to partner with the nerds to produce something. And the nerds are going to get their finger in the ultimate pie, which is the ability to issue money, yeah. <laughs> which is the ultimate seniorage. Yeah. There is no other power better. So that they're going to create their little dystopian world coin or whatever it's going to end up being called. Um, and that thing will basically dictate when you can spend your money, what you can spend your money for. If you say something online that they don't like or in the metaverse, you know, they'll pause your money. They'll give your money an expiry date so that if you don't spend it in time, you know, it runs out of purchasing power. Yep. They'll do all this sort of stuff. And that is basically behavioral modification. Exactly. Literally. So, so, so that is one option for people. And the other option is Bitcoin as this, you know, free sovereign money where you actually own the product of your labor. And because it exists and it's like the, the I, we use this in a podcast you and I um, did together is like the existing system is Icarus and yeah. the fiat network and the fiat system is the wax wings. Yep. It's jumped off the cliff already. Um, gravity is reality and Bitcoin is the sun. Right. And Bitcoin is melting those wings and they are going to blame it on Bitcoin as the thing that just melted these fake scam wax wings of money. And yeah. when they fall, it's going to be Bitcoin's fault. So, yeah, I don't know. It's scary. Yeah, it's scary. The, the problem is, is that um, you can't create money from thin air you can't produce money you can't steal somebody's labor and that's what causes the system to fall so even if you know event eventually when it when it does collapse and they do try to blame it on bitcoin um and they try to kind of rebuild on this fake central bank digital currency it's just still gonna be more of the same problem it will but the thing is that, that this is where my concern for the long you know for, for humanity's next big challenge is going to be is um is once we sort of separate ourselves away from them you know humanity really will be two classes it'll be yeah. it'll be you know well they're working this. hard on doing that right now your 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 uh yeah, your uh comrades or i should say uh whatever your rulers down in australia or, or new south wales i mean they're trying to they've already openly admitted that well that and queensland just rolled out their thing as well it's like you can't even go to a hospital now if you're well in california um i had surgery in february on my hip orthoscopic surgery and uh it's not that much better a few months ago i had uh mri and uh they said that uh, I, would, I would do it remote while I was in Puerto Rico. Well, now they changed rules. You can't go to the hospital without. Um, That's insane. And, and now they won't do the phone consultation for me now. Now I have to go in and do it. But I, like, For your safety, Mark, we yeah. will kill you. Yeah. Just so you know. So anyway, uh, man, this is some crazy stuff. I know we're, we're kind of going deep here. Uh, we're talking about, of course, Bitcoin, uh, talking about this decentralized revolution. You listen to the Mark Moss Show. I'm in the studio with my good friend Alex Svetsky, ghost of Svetsky on Twitter. I'm one Mark Moss on Twitter as well. And, um, you know, I'm bringing to you the information you need to know each and every week. You know, we'll talk about the price. We'll talk about the technology. We'll talk about the growth. We'll talk about the, you know, the user adoption. We'll talk about the bank's adoption. We'll talk about the technology growth. Um, but you need to understand it from a bunch of different angles. It's difficult to grasp because you have to kind of know all these different disciplines, game theory, philosophy, incentive structures, technology, monetary systems, history. I mean, uh, you know it all. But I'm going to bring it to you each and every week. So pull your phone out. Uh, put, a, put a reminder for this time, for this channel, to be back with me right here as we go through understanding Bitcoin, the decentralized revolution. I'm Mark Moss. Thanks for listening. 
I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms.